This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is open to being bought out by Amazon, if only for a lazy few billion dollars. I'm Andrew Page, and with me, as always, is Scott Phillips. Good Andrew, good fools, and show me the money. <laughs> Today on the podcast, Amazon, the Amazon juggernaut rolls on. This time it's buying US Whole Foods. Is there an Australian retailer also on the shopping list? And as if one bank levy wasn't enough, the SA government unveils, unveils its own. What does that mean? And also, what if you could buy a house but on the stock market? We're going to take a look at a facility that allows you to do just that. And saddle up. We're getting on our high horse. Mr. Phillips is going to give us a little bit of a rant. But first, Scott. Yes. Amazon, you know, I feel as though we've talked about this every other week. We almost have. But uh, it keeps giving us stuff to talk about. So, as our, as our colleagues in the US, the news would say the news fairy has arrived. The news fairy has arrived. So Amazon, we all know who Amazon is. There's the $18 billion deal. That's in Australian dollars, 13.7 billion US. They are buying out Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. Foods. Now, for those that don't know, Whole Foods is a US grocery retailer, an upmarket retailer, it should be said. Um, A few hundred stores around North America. Uh, We've been in one before, Scott. We have. uh, In Alexandria. And man, are they really cool. Alexandria, Virginia, we should say, not Alexandria, Sydney. Uh, Yes, very good point. It's not in Australia yet. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Much to the delight, I would suggest, of Coles and and Mm -hmm. Woolies. Um, So it's a huge deal. Uh, It's been all over the business papers. We thought we had to talk about this because Amazon has come up a lot, but it's always in the context of online retailing. You know, what's that going to mean for the local industry? How it's disrupting things there? But this is almost you know, a step back in a sense, because they're buying the bricks and mortar, the very thing that they were out to disrupt. And they're getting also more heavily involved, of course, into that grocery chain. So give us the rationale, if you can, Mr. Phillips. Well, we don't yet really know. And I guess that's the interesting thing about it is Amazon and Whole Foods did a deal apparently over only six weeks. They Mm. kind of got together. Uh, John Mackey, the CEO, who we should say for full disclosure, is also a director of The Motley Fool. Um, John Mackey met with Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, Mm -hmm. Apparently for a couple of hours, it lasted about 10 hours. And they kind of kept talking and it's talking. It's a real bromance from what I understand. Yeah. yeah. And, and in fact, Mackie actually talks about it as an engagement and the whole, the whole <laughs> lot. So it's all, it's the analogies and metaphors run Very thick, thick and thick that, and fast. Yeah. It, the, no one really knows exactly. The, the key thoughts are a couple of things. Firstly, okay. Amazon's working on its own supermarket called Amazon Go. Yes. And it's a checkout chick less uh, supermarket. Everything's done with cameras and, and computer you, chips. You basically pick else. it off the shelf or out right. of the fridge and just walk out. So it's already it doing that. that you've done. It's already it. trying to get into some sort of physical retail with bookstores. Yes. Um, and the questions or the concerns, the thoughts are, what does Whole Foods give it? Now, it gives mm. it a few hundred pick-up and drop-off locations around the country. Yes. It gives it an avenue for its grocery business. Yes. It gives us access to, uh, frankly, you know, effectively delivery depots it didn't have before. And so mm. if you think about what Amazon's trying to do as it moves further and further into broader, not even retail, but it owns its own fleet of planes. It owns its own warehouses. This business is trying to disrupt the entire supply chain of purchases. I was going to even say groceries. It's not even just groceries. It's everything, you know? Yeah. So. As Amazon grows, buying Whole Foods gives it a whole lot of different things, gives it a whole lot of customer data, gives it a whole lot of opportunity around purchasing, around retailing, around that sort of stuff. And then as it goes international, you know, it gives it, it, gives it a, a model and a footprint that it possibly, possibly can roll out when it arrives here as well. I know Amazon's had a bit of uh, trouble uh, early days still, but getting mm-hmm. into that online grocery space, groceries are a different kettle of fish to a lot of the other things that are in retail. I mean, things perish. Uh, is the main thing. Right. Know, obviously, the fruit and veg doesn't last that long. It doesn't always ship that well. Um, for the record, we do a lot of it uh, here. Uh, we, we use Coles and Woolies quite a lot to do our online shopping, and we, we love it. But in the U.S., it's about a 2% 
of all grocery trade uh, goes through online. So it's mm, been a mm. very tough nut to crack there. And is that a bit of an acknowledgement that, look, you know, this there is always going to be a need for a physical presence. This is the way that we get into it very quickly. Um, and giving us giving us those other benefits you mentioned, I think so, I think so possible. I think if you think about Amazon, people talk about it as a tech company. I mentioned this to you this morning before we walked in the studio. I reckon we're missing a trick if we talk about Amazon as a tech company. Yes, it's made its name, it's made its business online, doing all those really good things. The membership model, Amazon Prime, we've talked about before. It, it's done a great job of being online. But what if, what if Jeff Bezos and Amazon is actually just about Retail more broadly, mm. wherever, whenever the customer is. Yeah. If it's online, great. If it's physical stores, great. If you think about it in a new way and say, what if Jeff Bezos is just saying, how can I get as many customer dollars as I can wherever the customer chooses to shop? Yeah. Now I have the scale, the size, the know-how. Mm. So basically, you know, why, why do we think Amazon is just an online retail that might do some other things? Mm. Well, technology is an enabler for them. Correct. It allows them Correct. to do what they want to do and improve the customer experience, and increase their well efficiencies and the rest of it. But yeah, first and foremost, a retail. I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Amazon do a much, much, much bigger amount of business offline um, or at least in some sort of omni-channel way that we talk about in the future and frankly as it arrives in australia that opens the question of does it want to buy ask, ask, a yeah. woolies or, or a mech well here's the funny thing so when when the deal was announced um all the gross listed grosses over in the us all plunged yep. you know quite significantly <laughs> and reasonably so too you know and then in the next day so did um west farmers and, and woolies yep. here as well so again west farmers owns Coles, of course uh, sorry yes that's correct and and so the, the question is well if they if if this is a model that they might prosecute here and just buy out one of these big guys then surely why would shares go down here because maybe they don't. Yeah, right. And, or maybe they buy one and not the other. And mm. frankly, if you've got both or, or one or the other, you think, well, geez, I'm not sure I want to pay as much for Woolies and, and West Farmers as I used to. Yeah. Maybe Amazon brings Whole Foods here. Maybe it buys Metcash. Maybe it buys Woolies, but not West Farmers or vice versa. Mm. Um, if there is a loser from Amazon being in the in the grocery space. When people said Amazon's coming to Australia, the JBs, the Harvey Normans got hurt because they figured, well, they're going to do Amazon type stuff. If all of a sudden Amazon are in the grocery business, well, you don't want to be holding Woolies and West Farmers shares, or at least you want to be a little bit mindful of what might happen. It's an interesting space and we will, this will no doubt not be the last that we talk about it. So we'll come back and uh, keep our finger on the pulse as Speaking they say. Interesting. Let's talk about bank Of tax. interest. Nice segue. <laughs> Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Bank tax. So uh, when the federal government, Mr. Morrison, uh, handed down the, the federal budget. That's Treasurer Morrison. Tre that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, uh, <laughs> they announced this bank levy. So 0.15% of all the liabilities of the banks looking to raise, what, $6 billion over four years yeah, or we so? we should say 0.015 per quarter. So 0.06 Sorry, per mate. year is the, is the number. Yep, absolutely right. Um, we talked about that before, but mm -hmm. what is interesting and what is new is that the South Australian government has come out and said, Hey, actually, that's a really great idea. We're <laughs> going to do the same. So for them, it's going to raise, they reckon around about 370, um, uh, billion, sorry, million dollars, yep. Yep. billion would be nice, a uh, million dollars over four years. Um, what do you make of this? It's not a huge, I mean, it's not, banks aren't going to welcome it. It's not a huge, <laughs> uh, sum of money for them collectively. Paul Keating is, uh, he has some, he has some uh, enemies and some friends, but he's ever quotable. And Paul Keating famously said, never stand between a premier and a bucket of money. <laughs> and if you think about that, Scott Morrison has put this bank tax in place. Right. And the South Australian treasurer, the South Australian premier have gone, hey, you know what? That's a good idea. No one, no one really minded that. Yeah. That was actually okay. They got away with that. No one was hurt. What if we could do it too? And it's really that question of why did they do it? Well, because they can, I guess. Exactly. Well, which, which is taxation generally, right? Yeah, so, right. The, look, the, the basic reality is South Australian South Australia's government has a fiscal problem. Like most governments around the world and certainly around Australia, they've got a problem with you know, spending and taxation. Now, 
we can get in the ideological discussion about whether you should cut spending or whether you increase taxes, but let's put that aside just for a second. If you're going to go and raise more money to balance the budget, where do you go? If you take it off people who can least afford to pay it back, mm. so you cut welfare or you tax low-income earners, that money comes straight out of the economy. Mm. The, the money I would have spent buying bread or milk or a movie or a pizza, that comes straight out of the economy and it makes, you know, it's harder for the economy to grow. Mm. If on the other hand you say, I need 370 million bucks, if I get it from the banks, then probably not going to hurt that much. Now, it's mm. money that does come out of the out of the, um, out of of the the economy and there's a whole lot of bank shareholders listening to us yelling at the their, their choice of uh, yeah, podcast app right now saying, you bastards, it hurts my money. And yeah. it does. But the reality is as, as an economy, and this is probably unpalatable for those who own bank shares, the bank shareholders are going to have a, a lower impact on the broader economy if they yeah. don't spend that dividend yes. versus the person who otherwise might be slugged with an increase in tax. So if you're going to raise taxes as a government, you want to raise it from the place that can most afford to pay that tax and has the least effect on the Least blowback for you politically as well. well. Yeah, that's right. So economically and politically, yeah. banks are an easy target. So as I said, uh, perhaps a little too flippantly, it's not a huge <laughs> sum of money in the grand scheme of things. And yeah. that's that's obviously um, from a, a given perspective. Yeah, that's but, true. But what, what, what this news, I guess, has sort of highlighted is, holy... Holy shit! Does that mean that the other states are going to do yeah. that too? I mean, if 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 the feds have done it and now South Australia has done it, you got to wonder if Perth's sort of looking at that, going, "Well, maybe we should do this too," and you know, yeah. uh, Victoria, etc. Um, and so essentially, it could, in effect, double what that federal tax was going to levy. And that was the the, the bankers' union, the, or the bankers' association, we're supposed mm -hmm. to call it. The bankers' union got out very quickly and said, "You know, we're calling on all state premiers to rule out doing that in their states as well. Rule um, out, rule in, rule out. That's Love what it. it's all about, right? Yeah. So if they can get the the premiers of some of the biggest states to say, no, we're not going to do it here. They'll feel much better about that. Uh, they're trying to get on the front foot now. They're in serious damage control. And to your point, yeah. Andrew, there is, there is every possibility that the other state governments say, well, the feds have done it. Mm. South Australia's done it. And also, talking politically for a second, there's a coalition conservative federal government. There's a Labor state South Australian government. So on, across yeah. party lines, no yeah, one's right. going to say, well, those Labor bastards or those Liberal bastards are doing X, Y, or Z because yeah. they're both doing it, right? So if you're a state premier, again, that bucket of money thing that Paul Keating talked about, I got to reckon you're looking at going, well, I could say no, and I could take a principled stand, but if I don't, there's a few hundred million dollars that I can pick up on the, on the, on the cheap pretty quickly from those banks. And I, I wouldn't at all be, I don't expect it, frankly, but nor am I particularly surprised if they do do it. Now, you and I are both on the record as being a little bit bearish on the banks. Yes, and sir. I guess just to put some context around that, it's not it's anything we're going to start shorting anytime soon or <laughs> would encourage people to sell. It's just that, you know, it's, it doesn't seem, appear to us as a, as a highly compelling opportunity, which is which is something you've got to say a bit carefully because they've been such wonderful wealth creators over the long term for many, many, many people. Yep. Um, but this is just another problem on top of all the other sort of issues that they're sort of facing at the moment. So yeah. does this, uh, does this uh, change your mind on, in regards to no, that? It, well, this is the thing I have to say. And look, uh, there's a whole lot of moving parts here. Aside from whether they should do it, the public policy question, all the rest of that mm -hmm. stuff, the, the money the feds were charging is going to cost banks about 5% of their profits a year. Mm -hmm. Now, if all the other states keep going, then it goes from 5 to 10% mm -hmm. at, at worst. Mm -hmm. And that's not small, right, by the no, way. No. But it also doesn't necessarily undermine... If you're bullish on the banks, then you've got to, you've got to dial back your expectations a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you're bearish on the banks, then maybe your expectations get worse by a little bit. Yeah. But these are small amounts. They are percentages of profit that will come and go as we go. Whatever view you have on the banks, if you think they'll do well, they're not going to do badly because of this tax. Yeah. And if you already think they're going to do badly, this tax isn't going to make it that much worse. That frankly, it makes any downside more likely. Mm. This is a this is a small mm. portion mm. across the top of whatever you expect. If you're a bank bear, then fine. If you're a bank bull, then fine. Mm. This is not going to change your view or shouldn't change your view one way or the other. It may, though, by the way, just put a small dampener on bank pro share prices because if 
future profits are 5% less than they would have otherwise been, yeah. then you should pay 5% less for the shares. Rationally, that's, that's exactly how it should be. But it won't, but it won't destroy banks as an investment. It won't make them a great investment. It's, it's just, it's a little, it's a shaving. It's a shaving on the edge. And that's exactly what the pollies are expecting. Yep. Okay. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Well, let's go from banks to bricks. Yes. And we mentioned at the top of the podcast that what if you could buy a property on the share market? Now, well, well you kind of can. You right? kind of can in a way. We have these things called REITs, real I estate investment trusts, R E I T. Used to be called a property trust until the Yanks decided to call them REITs, and then we had to slavishly adopt the same. Mate, term. if there's one industry that loves a good acronym, oh, it's ours. God help and, us. Uh, we even call them A REITs, right? Because they're Australian real estate investment right. trusts. Like, we don't, we don't call it the A retail sector or the A banking sector. But the bloody uh, and LPTs is the other one. Anyway, the property we, trust. We, we digress. We, we digress. Do. So, so you can already do that. Is but that, that what we do as a podcast? Digress. <laughs> it's kind of the digression to be a two minute podcast once a fortnight. Um, so you can already do it in the sense of these instruments that are out there. They yep. typically, though, in fact, in almost all cases, in every case, as far as I know, they are commercial type properties. Yeah. Um, of one sort or another, of one warehouses sort. or retail stores or whatever, but yeah. Effectively. Yeah, but now we're talking about actual house, like residential houses, you know, the, the suburban house, the suburban unit, this kind of thing. There's a new um, outfit out, a relatively new outfit called Brick X. And oh, I see what they did there. They're proposing to do exactly that. So they go out there, they buy a property, they chop that up into 10,000 individual bits or shares, if you will. They call them bricks, funnily enough. <laughs> and you can buy them and you can trade them. And never, get, never get between a, a marketer and a financial product. I had someone contact me throughout the week and saying, I heard about this. It sounds really interesting. What do you guys think? I'll ask yep. you first before giving my thoughts. What do you reckon, mate? Oh, dear. Look, I, I, I know what you'll say. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the bear case and you can give the bull case. Okay. We'll meet somewhere in the middle. Right. I don't think that Australians need any more incentive to speculate on the share, on the price of housing. We've already got this massively overvalued housing market in Australia, particularly in the eastern seaboard, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, roughly in that proportion, in that order. Um, you know, you can invest in properties already as it is. I, I don't know that there's nothing inherently evil or terrible about it, but geez, we don't need another bloody reason to speculate on house prices, surely. Uh, well, look, uh, there's, there's, there's what something is and then there's how people use it. People <laughs> could very much level that charge at us and say, we would say the share market is a wonderful, in fact, prudent, sensible, and over the long term, low risk approach to build wealth. Uh, I think you'd say that. I know you quite well. I, I, I'm a, sure a you diversif- would say that. A diversified yes. range of well, totally. So it's, a, it's how you sure. skin the cat. Now, 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 the bloke who comes up and starts you know, betting his life savings on one penny dreadful gold stock <laughs> is doing something stupid and highly reckless, and they're probably going to get you know, taken to the cleaner as a result of that. It doesn't mean that the share market's this amoral, silly thing that you should get involved in. I guess that's where I come down in terms of brick X. I actually I love the, the witness concept. I didn't say it was amoral, but keep going. Well, keep going. look, it's, it's, this, it's this ability. Here are the advantages. <laughs> If I go and buy an investment property today, yes. I need to save up a bucket load of cash for the deposit. I have to take on a huge amount of debt. We just borrow ninety five percent of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and it's all in that you know the proverbial one basket. This allows me to diversify. I can buy as I only need a few thousand, I think, if that, with these guys. So I could buy a range of different properties. Um, so I can diversify. It's far more liquid. So I, if I need some money, I don't, you know, you can't, if you've got an investment property, you can't just sell the kitchen or the bathroom. You sell the whole lot and the rest of it. So I, I think in terms of being able to get exposure to an asset class, giving me, me the benefits of diversification, giving me added liquidity are all very good things. Of course, like anything, there are fees attached and you need to look at it um, and decide whether that is onerous and compare that to, to what other alternatives that are out there. Um, and I also think as with any investment, you've got to look at it on the merits. So there might, you, you, 
people listening to this regularly will know that I've got a certain view on the property market <laughs> and how fairly valued or otherwise that might be. Again, it doesn't mean that the, the, the someone who's giving you the mechanism to participate that in a new way, you know, that that's a bad mechanism, but. So guns don't kill people, people kill people. Well, Is that I, what you're saying? I, I, I think that that's, oh, jeez, got to be careful. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a terrible way of putting it. I, I think that if you, if you want to buy, if, if Drugs you, don't kill people, people kill people. If you don't people. have a few, you know, Nuclear weapons don't kill people. People kill people. Dollars around, you know, to buy a property. You want to get exposure. You want to put a little bit in. You want to yeah. diversify. I think it's a great way of doing it. Just remember that at the end of the day, behind all of these sort of financial products, there is a real asset, and you need to have a good view on that asset and a good view of value. And for my money, I think in concept, it's a good idea. As much as I desperately do love giving you shit, Andrew, I think the I, I, I find myself struggling to disagree too much. I think. Like anything, it's how these instruments are used. Yes, I think you need to be used, very, yeah. very careful. You mentioned fees. Yes, I think any market, any product that's created, particularly what they call structured products. So if someone says, "Hey, we've created this thing for you to buy," mm. there's every chance they're trying to do it to make money on these fees they're charging you. Not, they're, not they're not, not making a charity. market out of their own. Sure, exactly, they're not a charity. Yeah, I, I get that. And so I would be a little bit careful there. And I think to to your point, as part of a diversified portfolio, for those who would otherwise buy a property trust, I'm not going to call it REITs because I refuse. Mm. Anyone who would buy a property trust as part of their share portfolio. There's no reason you can't add a BRICX type exposure to residential property if you so choose, if you believe the investment is worth making. Yeah, just think, approach it with all the usual investment yeah. criteria. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's don't, a lot don't, of... don't use it to punt on. Don't spare. I mean, that's just a right, road right, to right. ruin. So that, I guess that's the point. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Speaking of bad investments, hey, hey, I'm getting my whole hang on. <laughs> you like we that? need a sound effect. Len, we need a sound effect, dude. I'm not, I'm not doing it justice here. I'm going <laughs> to the coconuts from Monty Python. That's right. I'm up my high horse. Here we go up here on top of the uh, the stallion. What are you going to rant on? Silver. I'm on top. No, I'm not spraying about silver. I'm on top of silver. I'm okay. Lone Ranger thing. Anyway, let's move on. Options. Tell me, what is an option? <laughs> an option is a terrible investment product created by some bastard who wants to steal your money and make you feel smart. Tell me more. <laughs> so what an option is an option. We'll call them derivatives generally, right? Because the value is derived from something else. If you, the, the, the option started in a wonderful place. If you want to sell your wheat to, to, to a buyer, mm -hmm. you didn't know what was going to happen. You know how much you were going to get for your wheat. So you didn't know how much you could afford to plant mm -hmm. or how much the water or fertilizer or farming would cost. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you make a deal with a bloke. Because look, if you take my entire field of wheat, mm -hmm. give me a guaranteed price, mm -hmm. then I can decide whether or not I want, to, I want to plant the wheat in the first place. Yep. If I know I'm getting, and let me make up a horrible number here, 10 bucks a bushel for my wheat. Mm -hmm. If I can afford to, to, to do that and get 10, 10, 10 bucks to make a profit, yeah. I'll plant the field. We both get a bit of certainty. Both right. You know what you're going to, you know how yeah. much you're going to buy. You yeah. know what you're going to charge. But you're going to make it into cornflakes mm. or wheat mm. picks or something else. You're going to make wheat into cornflakes because that was corn. <laughs> but if you're making it into wheat picks, for example, you, you know how much you're getting, you know how much you're going to cost you. You can afford to, to pay that. You get certainty of volume and price. I get certainty of volume and price. Everyone's happy. It's a wonderful financial It's invention. called a future. It's a fantastic yeah, idea. It's right? great. And then those bastards in the financial services industry like us, they're one of the bastard types, make this horrible product out of this stuff, right? It's 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 legalized betting. It's 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 respectable betting. Okay, so think about the GFC. The GFC was made by people who made these mortgages into packages, right? They packaged them all up into tranches and said, here's a here's a thousand mortgages. You can buy these. Now individually they're crap. But altogether, if I do some magic, I can pretend there's a thousand of them. Therefore it's diversified. Therefore they go from some horrible C grade rubbish to this AAA rated high quality stuff, right? That's bad enough. Then these other blokes say, I want to bet on whether those go up or down. So I'm going to make a naked derivative on this stuff. And the value of those options were 10, 15, 20 times 
the value of the underlying mortgages. There was 20 times as much money betting on the outcome as actually was being repaid. Mm. Now, take that to the broader market. There's options on the index. There's options on whether the prices go up or down today, There's options tomorrow, on options. next week. <laughs> there's options, on, it, it, options square. There's naked options, which means Turtles you're just literally yep. betting. Yep. You know, yep. you, you go to the track and you say, I'll bet on horse number one winning. We call that betting. Yeah. You go to the, to the ASX and you bet on the BHP share price going up by next year, yeah. and we somehow call it investing. It is absolutely madness. Markets are there to facilitate the flow of capital, mm. not as betting mechanisms just created to make some people happy and to make those people money. This is the thing. Well, the I'm options gonna... traders, it's a zero sum. If you invest in shares, right? Mm. You sell me your woolly shares. Mm -hmm. If they go up, you don't lose money. I don't lose money. Mm. You could have made more money maybe if you didn't, but it's not a zero sum game. Not zero sum. In options, I'm betting against you. I'm saying to you, if it goes up, you owe me money. Yeah. If it goes down, I owe you money. Aggregate no losses equals aggregate gains. And, mm. and you know who makes the money? The people who are facilitating the trades. Yeah. It's activity created for fee provision, not for actually helping anyone become more wealthy. Or what markets, the stock market is designed to facilitate <laughs> the flow really... of capital. Okay, okay, okay. Jeez. Whoa, Silver. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy on here. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say, I look, I agree with a lot of that. And that, I think you know, you, that, right. that is very much how it has, um, these instruments have um, tended to be used. It is a pox. I would, I would say though, it, again, it depends on how you use it. You know, we're all, we're all big boys, we're big boys and girls. We're adults. We can do what we like. You know, we, we don't need someone saying, yes, you can. And you can't do that. If someone wants to go out there and bet on that stuff, you're allowed to bet on the horses. You're allowed to bet on the footy, you know? So again, I don't necessarily agree with it or think it's a sound financial thing to do, but you know, who am I to say that you can't do it? So that'd be the first point I'd make just, just for disagreeing. And secondly, I think it again is how you use it. Now I don't, I'm, they're not for me um, either, but there's plenty of people out there who would say they would use it for very prudent reasons. They can, they can use it to manage their losses. They can use it to gain a little bit of extra income. There is no free lunch in investing. So there are risks with everything you do, but along the spectrum of options, there's the super, super, super high risk, you know, lose your, lose your, um, shirt type stuff. And there's the other, well, worst case scenario isn't too bad. And I can pay maybe, you know, augment my, my returns a little bit over time. So surely there's, you know, there's a, there's a gray area in there where it's not as bad as you're making out. No. <laughs> okay, come there, across. there is flatly no. Look, this is the problem. Right? You make, you make a very, the, the one valid point, the one very valid point is these products, you know, should, should someone ban them just because they can be used badly? You can have that argument. Guns, nuclear mm. weapons, drugs. There's a whole, there's a whole ideological discussion we could do for 15 hours over a million beers at the pub. Mm. I'm not going to go down that path. What I am saying is these things are sold mostly to people who are unsophisticated investors yeah, by savvy marketing, by people who say, oh, you're a smart bloke, Andrew. I'll tell you what, you can, you can, you know what's going to happen in the market. Let me take your money when you can bet on what's going to happen. Yeah. It's the, it's the insightful, sorry, the incitement to gamble. Yeah. Call it gambling. Do it at the CAB. That's fine. Yeah. Don't pretend that just because you do it through a stockbroker or through some bloke in a suit, at the top of an ivory tower in the middle of Sydney or Melbourne or mm -hmm. Brisbane, that just because that happens, there's somehow this cloak of respectability over it. Yeah. Call it punting. Yeah. Get on the TAB, call up your bookmaker and say, did I want to go and spend 20 bucks betting on the movement of market X? That's fine. Yeah. Let's do that. I have no problem with that at all. If you call it gambling and regulate it accordingly, mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. When you pretend it's investing, when it's sold by otherwise respectable people, cloaked in some sort of risk management, bet on, you know, know, know what's happening in the markets, use your expertise. 
it, it's it's psychological manipulation writ large, and yeah. it costs a shitload of people a shitload of money. And frankly, it should be much more restricted or not made available through the ASX. I, I think that's a fair point. And, and listeners, you you will see various ads around various spruikers for these kinds of things. They they will very much highlight all the positive side of these, but but they don't often go into the risks. And, and in some cases, the risks can be very very substantial. So just bear all of that in mind if you are, are so inclined to go down that path. And then don't and remember as well these <laughs> these are assets that just after a certain point in time become worthless. They have an expiry date after that they are gone um and you know you need not only do you need to have a particular view on the asset but you need to get the timing extraordinarily right there's all kinds of things like time decay and a whole bunch of nerdy stuff we won't get into which no one bothers Buyer to understand beware. and Buyer the people beware. who sell it don't tell you about this stuff yeah it's been likened to picking up pennies in front of steamrolls is exactly what it's like yeah. maybe you make a little bit of money along the way but i'll tell you what, if you trip up the steamroller goes straight over the top of you all right mate let's let's call it a day <sighs> at that i'm putting a put option on this discussion um, remember, if you do like what we're doing here, we hope you do, please subscribe. Uh, you can do that through iTunes or your uh, chosen Android podcast and app. give us five stars just because it makes me feel better after this rant. Don't ask, don't receive, hey? <laughs> just do me a favor. Just do me a favor. Give me those five stars just because you want to help my blood pressure. That would do immense business for me, for my doctor, for my wife. It'll make my life a whole lot better. I'll go with that. Thank you uh, for your time again, Scott. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Phils. And until next time, full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.